I'm Jared. And I'm Nathaniel. And welcome to A Cup of Tea. Everyone's intelligence has been shaped by distinct personal experiences. If you're curious to shed light on both humanity's collective and intimate truths, then have a seat with an open mind and a full cup as we examine reality through the blurry lens of our own individual perspectives. Have a sip while we talk about social media and body positivity. Welcome back, Steeps, to another episode of A Cup of Tea, and welcome aboard travelers who may be visiting us from The Descent, and I am joined today by my lovely co-host, Nathaniel, who has started this series on body image and body positivity over on his podcast, The Descent into Illumination. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nathaniel, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you, No, It's a pleasure to be here. Happy to um, be able to continue this conversation here with you in all the different forms and just really, you know, like catch up with you in general. And always, it's always nice to be able to have, take these moments in these spaces with you and uh, just uh, have a nice conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion because I, I want to look at body image as a whole and the body positivity movement through the lens of social media and how we kind of evaluate ourselves, compare ourselves, what ideal images we see in society and things like that. So I do have some really good content for us to go over today. But before we get into today's topic, do you have anything that you want to bring up to kind of set the table or any initial thoughts to kind of tie in what we've done over on your podcast? No, I think that the biggest thing that um, to take from the transition from one to the other is that, um, you know, these these relationships and these journeys are very individual. Um, and anything that we're saying in here are reflections of, uh, I know on my podcast, it was a little bit more, um, directly individual story narrative as you know, and you're going to go a little bit more macro with it, but we do want to kind of reemphasize the point that these are all individual relationships that people share with themselves and different people. And, um, it's really important to take that into mind that, you know, Hey, you know, my relationship with my body and the image that I have it with it, with the outside world, it's going to be different than yours versus someone else's. And that even though we can have these different commonalities, and these different threads, it is definitely important to remember, um, that any generalities that we make or say, um, don't necessarily reflect an individual journey, um, along that different path. Very well stated, Nathaniel. Thank you for that. And I do agree. Yes, we are going to look at it from more of a macro perspective today kind of that scientific approach with some individual perspectives sprinkled in there, the whole theme of my podcast. But I really do encourage you, Steeps, to head on over to the Descent into Illumination, Nathaniel's podcast, to check out the first two episodes in this series where we really describe the personal narratives and you can find some of the things that we've individually maybe struggled with to different degrees Mm -hmm. with body image and things like that and, and those societal norms and in the social construct so really good content please check that out and we plan on doing a lot more crossover collaboration between our podcasts in the future Hopefully. that's the goal at least yeah 100 <laughs> that is definitely the goal at least oh uh, and i apologize i might have just fixed my microphone a little bit there it seems so it sounds we'll a lot better what, yeah okay good okay cool so i apologize <laughs> for that original intro quietness but you know sometimes we have to say the, the quiet thing still anyway <laughs> All right, let's start over in three, two, one. No, I'm just <laughs> we don't. No, we're, we're, we, this is podcasting. We can't edit audio. No, no. Surely, I don't edit all my episodes to make them sound a lot more perfect than they actually are. I'm not. I'm not um, in the process of transitioning my entire personality into my glitch art anyway, as is. So, um, more to stay tuned on that one, which I'll talk about you later. But yeah, no, no, Shameless we can't plug. edit any of this. I love it. No, 100. <laughs> percent 
All right, yeah, no, perfect, perfect. And you know, I, I, I will say, I love that your whole art style and everything, like you're finding the beauty in these imperfections, whereas I'm constantly trying to fight myself on like, what is the right level of perfectionism? Like, what, what am I willing to let go? What am I willing to accept? What's like a good enough quality for me, something that I like to put out? So I, I think very different styles, we complement each other very well. And yeah, 100%. I, you know, I think that that's important. You can't have two type A people in the same room and expect to, you know, not focus too much on like, okay, is it absolutely perfect? So, but that's a whole topic for another day. No, different points of conversation for sure. But, you know, it does relate to the topic that we'll be talking about today because part of that is in perfectionism and how we're viewing our own bodies. So starting off here, I wanted to look at an article from FHE Health. This article is titled Body Image and Social Media Questionnaire. Hashtag body positive, a look at body image and social media. Now, what I really liked about this article is it it was a survey that was conducted that really provided some great data that I wanted to go over with you today, Nathaniel. So the methodology here was they surveyed over a thousand people and their respondents chose voluntarily to participate in the survey and it was open for all demographics to take. So basically the survey, which a thousand is a pretty good sample size. It, it gave us a good look at how people perceive themselves and just body image socially, right? Because as the article st states here, people are just seeing these images of people who you identify with that look a certain way and society's telling you, okay, if you identify as a woman, you need to be like really thin, that hourglass look. If you identify as a man, you have to like have all these muscles, a six pack, you need to be like really built. Like that's difficult to deal with. And because of that, people can tend to struggle with eating disorders, body dysmorphia, which we've talked about, confidence, and just self-esteem because you think like, okay, if I can't achieve the standard that I see in the media, then that's difficult, right? And what doesn't help is that these norms have been around in the media for a long time. And even as our societies continue to evolve, and now we have social media, which just adds another layer of complexity. So that's why I feel like it's important to look at this study, which included both men and women, again, over a thousand people on topics ranging from body positivity, confidence, mainstream media and selfies. I think that one of the things that you really touched on too, which is really important with uh, the onset of social media is really the decentralization of status, right? Status is no longer determined by coming over to X house or X piece of mm -hmm. property and showing off uh, literally materialistic possessions, right? That's right. Um, status is now being shown off by all these new um, in the Twitter space by influencer accounts, um, by how many followers you have, by the impact you're able to make. Um, and literally, people are make, making billions and millions and millions and millions of dollars doing different things like this, right? So you have these different combination of factors with it, right? And uh, it's really, I think, one of these why we've had this onset of these more difficult challenges with relationships with people's bodies is because of that decentralization of status, right? Um, yes. It's no longer um, just trying to go to some king's or queen standard of beauty <laughs> or something like that, or which celebrity. is really healthy. Or celebrity, right? Or, right? or which is really healthy, but you know, by almost like this uh, cultural omnibus, right? Of mm -hmm. uh, just trying to gain influence and um, these different kind of appeals. 
Yeah, and that's a great point, Nathaniel. One of the articles I want to touch on a little bit later in the episode here is actually related to the difference in terms of comparison that people tend to make if it's somebody that they know or somebody they don't know, like a celebrity or some other figure. So getting back to the survey, a few things I wanted to do rapid fire on was first, body image across the U.S., they have a map here. It shows the least body positive states. And I'm sorry to say that Arizona actually ranks ninth on this list. But the top ones, interestingly enough, are North Dakota, Delaware, and Wyoming. So it it, it seems a little random, but I, I would say that the Northeast and that kind of Northern Midwest, those states tend to have the least body positivity. And it, while it may seem random, I think that what does get taken into account is the culture of each state because some states are more inclusive than others here in the United States. Some states are like, they, they have different types of norms in terms of standards and things like that. They may, may be a little looser with their standards, maybe a little more uptight. I mean, some states, it actually gives a really good example here in Oregon. There are a lot of body positive personal trainers, gyms, and waxing salons. So these are factors which really increase the feeling of body positivity in the state as a whole. Whereas if you live in a state where it's like you, you're supposed to grow up and look like a very specific body image, like that can be obviously a lot more difficult. And especially if it's a less inclusive, less diverse state, I could see that being more of an issue because everybody is kind of tending towards homogeny and like they all, everybody has to like look this certain way. What are your thoughts on that? And I think that, that you touched on some really important things. There is one is cultural homogenicity, right? If everyone is supposed to look a certain way, if you don't look that way, it's a, it's a pretty hard thing to have a relationship with that. Right. If you don't identify within an in-person culture. Right. Um, and if you're in, if you're excluded from that, whether it be from a physical racial, um, religious or whatever thing it's an isolating factor um and i think that that can very much um especially if you don't look like what you're supposed to look like within your culture um can be a very difficult thing i know that for instance the fact that i have uh, with my cultural ambiguity right um with the fact that i um and i can am an, i'm a jewish man but i look also like very much like a white supremacist right now with my shaved head um yeah you know, you know we have jokes with that between me and my partners and everything like that but um, it is something that is, uh, it, it, it challenges the relationship, right? Where, um, it, where you don't have, uh, uh, or like, for instance, you know, when I, uh, even culturally, um, not going to like Jewish summer camp or really being, um, working on the conservative side of Judaism, um, as a religious expression when I was involved in, um, different Jewish student groups, um, during my graduate, um, was still excluded from that stuff, right? Still had that like other, otherization of it. And I think that, um, having, um, these different things that you were talking about within these different states, I think that, you know, a large part of that is what is the cultural homogeneity of these states. And we're talking about places like North Dakota uh, and the Dakotas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. that have a very, very, very um, close cultural um, homogeneity. And if you're not fitting within that thing, ooh, good luck. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that those are different um, environmental factors that could be playing huge parts into uh, uh, some of the results in that survey. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, moving ahead to some other statistics that are very interesting and jump out at me. Aging and body positivity. So in terms of body confidence, this is a very interesting question. We, we start to get into these other questions where, Nathaniel, you start to see more of a split between men and women. And that's actually going to be a recurring theme on this episode. I want all the seeps out there to recognize that men and women both can face body image issues. 
and there is a need for body positivity on both sides, but I think it's safe to say that people who identify as male versus female experience different challenges and women tend yeah. to have different struggles that are more prevalent just given the standards that women in society are held up to. It's evident here in this question, 47% of women say that they believe that they will feel less confident about their bodies over time, whereas only 26% say more confident. This is in contrast to men who said 31% feel like they will feel less confident in the future, whereas 38% say that they would feel more confident going to the future. So men or people who identify as male feel like they'll be more confident in the future, whereas women or people who identify as female feel like they'll be less confident, which is actually very interesting. It, it kind of goes back to the standards where like, not only are women expected to look a certain way, but also women probably feel like naturally over time, you know, they'll, they'll start to kind of fall out of those norms and ideals. And, and maybe that's what explains that effect. But I think that it's again, and just a reinforcing of some of the cultural like realities that we live in, in, in our current um, social systems, um, the patriarchy, right? You know, um, it has this very much uh, infantization of woman and um, this very problematic uh, viewing of, uh, over sexualization of women, right? So, and women are supposed to be viewed as this prize is in, in, in it's uh, that have their fulfill their reproductive right you know, or duty or what, not right, but reproductive duty to the household in this very fucked up view of uh, what society and the household should be, right? Um, oh, and of the removal of their agency. And I think that very much plays into a lot of the how we view and how we. Uh, promote beauty by those standards right i think that the mm -hmm. that by those same things a lot of people are able to find um a lot of confidence and um and a lot of security in being able to express themselves in their beauty standards i mean i take for instance uh the original Kawaii movement in uh, um in japan was very much um a movement against um kind of that uh, cultural rigidity right and to celebrate um so the femininity and the cue and all that different all those different things right Right. Um, so I do think that it's, there's different cultural responses to those things, but I think that as an overall system, it very much uh, promotes a very unhealthy relationship one with bodies and how we, how we view um, agency and then how that is reflected in um, how people have relationships with their bodies, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It sucks a lot. It sucks a lot to think that this culture only promotes um, the, the, the only use in our society is for women to be of uh, childbearing and their beauty standards are yeah. held up to that thing. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's very problematic because of the age thing in it, too, that a lot of things. And I think that, you know, on average, the average Joe or Jane doesn't really think too much into it. But on uh, on, a, on a cultural level, you know, it is really it is the there is these problems with it. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I think that it, it's not some pedophile cabal elite necessarily. We were dealing with the ramifications as we see those things. It's not full QAnon, but at the same time, it's these, these right. very unhealthy relationships have been emerged because of the modern marketing and beauty standards of the market. Right. Yeah. Um, and those are and those are intentional bad actor decisions. Mm -hmm. um, people very Absolutely. intentionally made those choices um, to have to promote these kind of beauty standards and these kind of this imagery. Um, and it's resulted in just a lot of individualized trauma. Right. Yeah. And I, I think part of that is that men have been placing these standards on women for a long time, whereas it hasn't went the other way around. Because you have a society that's built in a patriarchal fashion, and then companies kind of hijack that image, and then they place that on women, those standards, because I think it's easier for them to kind of sell this, because there's the whole 
sex cells and everything and, and women's bodies unrealistic are overly standards are a real thing yeah it, it's very unrealistic but men don't have to go through that because men aren't nearly as sexualized as women are and it, it's a huge problem it is a huge problem not to the same extent i think that the media still um and the cultural realities is that it has performed a very unhealthy relationship with men as we talked about a lot more on my podcast too because of my individual struggles with it right um especially within uh just the the fake realities of whether it's within um uh, artificial porn industry or right. um just the modern be uh, beauty industry like we talked about um, I think that both of them promote uh, that this patriarchal view promotes a very unhealthy view um, for men in their bodies to not being able to express whether it be femininity or secure masculinity as well. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of problems, but I do think that you, you're right. It has been significantly highlighted because of the dichotomy of the power structure of the of the uh, two yeah. predominant genders um, that are expressed. Yeah. And actually, that gets into the next point here, which is there's three different body types that people tend to fall into one of the three and I wanted to kind of just touch on these and some of the breakdowns we see here. So there's ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. So ectomorph, this is generally your person who is thinner, has a fast metabolism, may have trouble gaining weight. Endomorph generally has a larger frame with more fat, has difficulty losing weight, and may struggle with fatigue and a large appetite. Mesomorph usually has wide shoulders and a small waist and is able to eat moderately and gain muscle fairly easily. So these are different body types. I, and I, I just quoted from this article directly on, on what each of those definitions are. But it's very interesting because there are different standards for men and women with that body type. For instance, with women, what I see here is that 55% of women identified as endomorph, whereas only 41% of men identified as endomorph. More men, 20% to 14% identified as an ectomorph, and more men also identify as a mesomorph, 28 to 14%. Also, if you're looking at the representation in the media, predominantly people believe that endomorphs are not well represented at 67%, whereas the highest group that feels represented is mesomorphs, which are at 38%. So... I think what you see here between ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph is that there's a clear pattern here. I think ectomorphs tend to have an average representation and average standard. Endomorphs are incredibly underrepresented and mesomorphs are kind of pushed on us in society by this fit culture and working out and bodybuilders and things like that. So. That's how I see it overall. And obviously there's some smaller percentages of people that feel like their body is a combination of any of the three. But I, I, I mean, even looking at this here, 56% of women identify as larger body endomorphs compared to only 42% of men. The standard that we hold women to is more of that thinner ectomorph build, but a lot more women actually fit the endomorph build and, and kind of have those rounder curvier bodies but we don't really acknowledge them like they're not represented and it's an intentional decision to not represent them in the media and some social media accounts because again the culture is that we don't want to reinforce that because that's not what society wants but it's all like reinforcing this ideal image not only is it reinforcing that ideal image i mean it's just perpetuating these stereotypes off these false narratives right yes I wish. I mean, I, I think that there's a large movement in a lot of these uh, difference, um, whether it's in social media or celebrity cultures, really talking about really like the body positivity movement. It's we'll, we'll get into and everything like that. 
But I mean, uh, we all know it's bad. We all see it as bad. We all recognize it as bad. And we still are trying to um, hold each other to these different standards, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just celebrating that beauty. And it's really hard to, you know, really, I feel like, have that internal gut check of not judging other people off of those those things that we judge people off of, right? Whether it right. is those images that we look at, whether it's different social media pages or in person because someone's maybe going through a rough time and not being able to have the proper uh, self-cleaning routine or whatever it might be, right? Um, we, I love it, with, like, for instance, in like those homeless transformation videos, right? And being able to see someone just glow up and everything like that. And I think that because of these just false dichotomies of have uh, people like, oh, I have to be this type of body or I have to be this type of body, right? Uh, in order to like look up to their idols or celebrities like that, I really think it's hard. Um, and I think right. that, you know, it's only very recent that we're getting into an, an actual genuine body positivity movement now of, of what does that acceptance and love look like, at least on a large scale here in the U.S. Right. Um, I think that um, it's it's one of those things where it's it's very dangerous to when you start getting into um, personal classification of people, uh, whether it like be the Meyer Briggs stuff or even just body type stuff, because everyone is so, truly such a unique little fucking butterfly and such a complex mm. matrix of different um, realities. Um, Definitely. Um, it's a um, spectrum. I think that, yeah, exactly. Truly. And that's, you know, exactly what Bill Nye is trying to go out and, and claim every I teach us all when it comes to gender expression is that how it's an expression, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and an express and a, and a spectrum. Right. Um, and it's the same thing with body types, right? You know, I remember looking at, you know, when I was a kid looking at my childhood development books and they had the different body types and having like, oh, I'm kind of like this one, but I'm also kind of like this one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's important for us to really take away from what you were talking about. Those statistics there is that the reality does not match what we're seeing um yep. what the perceived reality and what even the described reality um in these self-admitted studies are just two different things most women don't look like that ideal type correct and that is, and it's the and you can see how in the study how it's reflected in that disconnect mm-hmm. um um then again with their um how they view their bodies and how, um, how they view that they will uh find the emotional happiness over time with their bodies and stuff right. like that right um, and I think those are just hard truths of a system that fundamentally promotes dis- that kind of disconnection, right? right. Um, all in the sake for realistically just some status and um, an extra buck. Yeah, I-, I will say this. So most women identify as that curvier body type, but even like, okay, if we were to say shift that that beauty standard to say, okay, if most women look like this, then this is what the standard should be. Maybe we just need to abolish these standards altogether because everybody's different and like you said it's on a spectrum like i i understand why they have to create these different buckets of body types but even that inherently can cause some issues just like having two genders isn't accurate either because there's obviously Mm -hmm. different levels of expression and everything like that it's hard to classify these things but there's nothing wrong with having like general labels especially if you're like for clothing design and stuff like that there's also no is is actually but is that it's it's of no consequence or of no difference to have ones that are just simply gender neutral expressions or just whatever like that those are just intentional choices that are made not to do those things right um you don't have to have like you can promote to all these different kinds of standards of beauty you don't have to promote to just one kind of standard of beauty those Absolutely. are all those individual choices that are made that I promote these cultural decisions, right? Yeah. Um, you can make choices to have um, inclusive line where you have the same kind of patterns in all different sizes and different body shapes, you know, and stuff like that. 
or uh, uh, so like those are the exactly those are the things that promote that kind of disconnectivity. Yeah, there definitely could be a lot more diversity there and kind of treating it more like on, on the lines of a spectrum rather than overly sexualizing clothing and, and providing sizes that discriminate against certain types of people. Just basic equity of it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's not a surprise that a tenth of people today say that my body is a combination and that percentage likely can grow a little bit in the future as we get to this realization that there is more gray area here and maybe we can't easily classify ourselves in one way or another. Where do you draw that line? Bodies change over time, you know? Um, they do. That's just the hard reality of it. And your perception of your body changes over time. I'm not, like, we, as we very much talked about on on uh, The Descent recently, right? My body has significantly changed this past year, where I would very much now change my definition of how, uh, based off those three criteria, right? Mm -hmm. So even in the span of less than a year, you can have those individual um, changes um, can occur within an individual that uh, shows you the variety of these different spectrums and why it's difficult to nail down these individual relationships with the people and it's just you know why it's so important for us to understand these trends and being like hey there's these really painful points of disconnect that we need to deal with absolutely yeah i think that's a great point and actually if, if we are looking at the two different classes between men and women i actually think this next question is very interesting as well about how different individuals feel about what is actually impacting how they feel about their own bodies. And the answers between men and women are actually very different. But the striking part is that they have, both men and women have themselves below at least four or five other factors that are impacting how they feel about their own bodies, which is very interesting. Like you would think at the end of the day, ourselves would be driving most of that impact about how we feel about ourselves but that's not the case in women social media is at the top at 22 percent then tvs and movies at 19 percent then significant other at 17 percent and then family at 14 percent with themselves only being at eight percent however if we look at men very interesting significant other jumps up to the top at 21 percent social media comes in at second at 17 percent tv and movies 16%, family at 16%, internet interactions at 10%, and friends at 9%, then you get down to myself at 4%. So what this tells me is that women's thoughts tend to impact their own body image more than men. However, women are also told by social media and what's in the media in general, TV and movies, generally that is driving how they feel about their own bodies. Whereas men, the biggest source of impact to their body image is actually from their significant other, which is very interesting. I mean, it shows the point of uh, where a lot of these different people are getting their sources of those affirmations and the needs of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not the same for everyone. It really isn't the same for everyone. In fact, it's actually quite different for everyone. Um, we do see that both of them, for both people, though, it is um, themselves almost is dead last, right? Mm -hmm. What was it, 4% and 7%? It was, um, so it was yeah, close. it was like, I think, 8% for women, 4% for men. So definitely, yeah, so, it's almost negligible. You know, so it's really showing that we that how much of our relationship is formed not off of um, our relationships with ourselves, but these external sources. And how much of how we view ourselves is based off of our environment. 
Um, so in going back to the whole nurture versus environment argument, mm -hmm. right, it really does show that these are relationships. And yep. that is why I think it exists on such a wide spectrum is because um, how we view ourselves is fundamentally based off of how other people view us and the feedback we get and yep. the validations we get and those those feedback loops. Um, yes. I can only talk from my personal experience. You know, I wouldn't be at this part of being able to accept and love my body and, and have gone through some of the different challenges I've gone through if it wasn't for the very specific uh, validations that I get in my most internal dynamics, right? In my most uh, private intimacy. Um, Definitely. Uh, I can tell you all day long I'm a hot ass bitch, right? But, uh, you know, I do need certain people to remind me that sometimes, right? Oh, I don't need everyone to remind me that. I don't need everyone to come tell me I'm beautiful. And that's one of the things where I think people do struggle with is they, um, and you see that with the people who really struggle with um, their body image because of the, the over reliance on social media for that validation, yes. right? Um, is that becomes a very toxic thing very quickly because it is so instantly gratifying. Yeah, and validation is a key part here. It's a key component of what we're talking about today because I believe that everybody needs validation on their image, but it may be to different degrees and from different sources, as you alluded to. So when we're talking about body image and validation, I, I mean, here's the thing. I think body image is unique to the individual, but body standards and ideals, those are a, those are social constructs. They're driven by society and a lot of us put a lot of stake into this ideal body image some less than others but i think everybody at least to even the smallest degree that does have some kind of impact even maybe creating some kind of cognitive dissonance saying okay well i like how i look but society's telling me i shouldn't so how do i feel about this and if you're looking at it from like a selfie standpoint, the last thing I want to touch on with this article is between men and women, they were asked a question, do you compare your body to images you see in the media? And that's very broad. That's social media, that's TV, movies, just in the media. 87% of women said yes, they do compare their bodies to images they see in media, whereas men only answered yes at a 65% clip. So clearly there is a difference that women tend to seek out this validation more often or people identify as female tend to seek out this validation more often in the media more so than men or those who identify as male which is a very interesting pattern and it may, it makes sense when we talk about the beauty standards and how society this patriarchal society is kind of upholding that I think that a lot of it has to do with, again, like you were, you, what you're saying was where are these sources of validation coming from? What are we telling ourselves to compare ourselves to and to um, have these things? I know I don't necessarily compare my like pictures one to one with my selfies and other things to social media, but I do know that I compare myself to other actors and other famous personalities that have similar body types or things like that or you know, if my top partner mm -hmm. uh, talks about how hot someone is um, in a movie or something like that, there's that in natural instinct to compare yourself to them, right? Of course. Um, yeah, I, I went through that before, that, too. Yeah, and so it's making sure that, you know, you're that it's uh, and that's why it goes back to when it comes to that healing process of when it comes to your body image and stuff like that. What I talk about is I don't need everyone to think I'm a hottest bitch. I just need my certain people to tell me I'm a hottest bitch, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that it's really important. Um, it, it really shows the distinction mm -hmm. of, again, where are these sources of validation coming from? Where are these sources of connection coming from? And are they from these healthy um, sources and uh, not hot healthy sources? And um, from what you're talking about in the studying these statistics and everything like that, it really does show that there's these trends that a lot of people are getting them from really shitty places. Yeah. And you will see that more as I go through some of these other articles here, but you touched on a really good point, Nathaniel. I mean, I'll say this, I, I actually related to that on the study when it said men 
the highest source of impact to their self-image is their significant other. And I could not agree more. Like, I feel like I want to look sexy for my partner. And I'm like, if I don't have this, it's like, what am I going to do to get there? And can I get there? And if I can't, how, how do I just reconcile that? Like, and of course, like my wife or, or other people's significant others, they can give them that validation. That's so important because it, it helps kind of calm down that cognitive dissonance. It's like, okay, well, well, hang on, you know, you're not talking about this, but we all can put together two plus two equals four, right? Like we all know how the math is mathing. So it's like, I think we all, I think we go through that as well, just in a different way. So it, it is important to, to highlight as well. No. And I think that's why I think the the only solution I've ever found for the problem you're describing, at least, is like understanding that the, that attraction and that connectivity is not placed off a place that's purely physical. Right. But that's, we're talking about the intimate relationships of, uh, having, making sure <laughs> our partner thinks we're the hottest, hottest motherfucker. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, Important. that's, that's a little bit different of a thing, but, um, yeah, no, it, it shows, I think that, that there is that cultural difference, right. In what we're trying to be attractive for. Um, what, well, why are, and then, so why are we going for these different yes. sources of validation? Yes. And then why are we trying to, uh, you know, essentially place some of our self-worth at this place. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, the those different sources that you were talking about in the study, um, whether it be through your partner or um, social media, um, I really think uh, shows that like this is how our society was built up for these is to be the sources of these um, nurtured needs. And it's not 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 great that we built it up in those dichotomies. No, you know, you brought up such a good point. I just have to put on blasts again. I think what you said, it helped me actually reconcile in the moment that people who identify as male, their biggest source of body image is just looking hot for their partner. They, they just, whoever they're with, they want to be, you know, that hot stud, right? But for people who identify as female, that validation from your partner, at least across the board, not saying for individual cases, but in general, is not as important. People who identify as female tend to want society to tell them that they're beautiful. And I think that goes directly back to how society treats women and tells them that you need to meet this certain body standard, then you'll be considered beautiful. Like beauty for men can be individualistic. Like all that matters is that your, you know, your partner thinks that you're attractive, right? But if you're female, it's like, even if my partner thinks I'm attractive, well, what does society think? Right. And that's everyone else has to think I'm hot, too. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. Yes. Um, It's a different pressure. Um, um, It is a very different pressure. And it's some it's a different weight that we've placed on these different uh, the different um, expressions. Right. Yeah. And it's not fair. (laughs) It isn't. (laughs) Um, And luckily, I know that I know in the circles that we run in, at least that like that's not something that's heavily promoted, that we still have things that are internalized, that we are actively working on getting through and being better with. But it's one of those things where um, it really sucks to see that weight and how it's hurt people Um, Mm -hmm. um, because it's it is it's not fair. It is truly unfair for me that I can be able to able to just roll out of bed and just be so societally acceptable. Right. And then, you know, and then um, and then that's just not the case (laughs) for um, someone. You know, I hate it when, uh, for instance, uh, when. someone uh, this was the thing they always say that when they ask oh they tell me they look sick right because they don't have makeup on when um when um different people tell me that right we're like no they just don't have their whatever it's fine they don't have to have, yeah. look like this uh, like 
done up um, um, Rembrandt every time, right? No. Um, you know, and it's just those little microtransactions that yeah. we have that reinforce those cultural stereotypes and those cultural weights that we place on each other, right? Where it's not, I can't, we're, we're, we should just be able to celebrate, no, you're hot no matter what, right? And you're beautiful no matter what, and be able to celebrate those differences. I agree. Um, and, those, um, and, and everything else. And I think that's a lot of part of the struggle, making sure that you're forming your own healthy relationship with it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it is it is 100% fair, and it's important to say that um, as a cis presenting man, um, I have a much different weight and um, expectation play, play put on me for where I get my sources of validation or how my expression is versus someone who's a mm-hmm. cis presenting female, right? Same um, here. Fundamentally two different weights, right? And yeah. but in both situations, right? Whether it's for men or for um, women, it's the really important um, to make sure that um, if those are, you're getting it from the healthy source, because if, if, you're, if you're a man and according to that study, right, and you're trying to get all your source of validation from your partner and they're just hurting you <laughs> and not validating you and everything like that, well, no wonder you have a very unhealthy relationship with your body, right? Right. Um, it can be incredibly so toxic. Yeah, it can be. It doesn't just because you get your, your validation sources, your partner doesn't make it healthy. Yeah. I mean, whatever your validation source is, I I mean, I feel like it's more important to get validation closer to you that's more personal if you really need external validation because holding yourself to societal norms or celebrities in comparison, it's not healthy. And in general, you need to surround yourself with positive people that will help you reinforce that positive body image. It's, It's incredibly important. So... All right, well, while I'm done with that article, I do want to transition through three different articles that actually all come from the same journal called Body Image. And these are great studies that I wanted to highlight here, Nathaniel, that really are going to kind of pull this narrative all together that we've been describing. So the first one here is engagement with social media content results in lower appearance satisfaction. An experience sampling study using a wrist-worn wearable and a physical analog scale. So this involved about 50 participants. So they they originally had planned for a sample size of 60, but not everybody fulfilled their participation. So that was a a bit of a limitation with the study. They only had 50 people participate in the study. So it's not the largest sample size. But what I thought was interesting about this one is, of course, as we talked about a lot of people, especially more women, tend to be on these photo video-based platforms like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and they tend to seek the validation out on those platforms. And people in general, especially in our generation, spend a lot of time on social media. And body image plays a huge role here because we're constantly sifting through content. And some of us are just drawing comparisons between what is this Mm -hmm. ideal image and, and how close do I line to this image and kind of, you know, how do I obtain this if I'm not there already, right? So th- this was an experienced sampling method in ESM, and it was essentially just brief surveys at random intervals in time when these individual participants interacted with the social media content that involved these body images. And at those points that they would interact with the body image content, they would have to rate their feelings on a scale in different areas actually using this wearable device so the cool thing with the study is that if they had their arms parallel to the floor that would be zero degrees meaning that like i am i have no confidence with this i'm not feeling good 
um, it would be a negative response. Whereas if they had their arms perpendicular to the ground straight up at a 90 degree angle, then that was like full confidence, positive feelings and things like that. So obviously a very unique type of assessment that they were doing, obviously to combat some of the thin spiration and fit spiration content, as they call it, that they're coming across on social media that idealizes thin bodies, or if you're a male, you know, having muscles and being built and everything like that. So they did these self assessments, they measured some different questions with these devices. And one thing that's very interesting to note is that people who viewed more social media content that involved beauty standards or body image, the people that interact with that content tended to feel less satisfied with their own personal appearance and had less confidence. I mean, I'm looking at the graph right here that's down, if you scroll down to figure two, it shows that the baseline, people tended to feel pretty confident and pretty satisfied with their own appearance. But regardless if it was a known or unknown person, basically a celebrity or a friend, the results dipped a lot. Like you could see a clear difference here that people tended to feel less confident and less satisfied after looking at those images. The feeling, of course, was stronger if it was somebody that they knew. So the effect, it, it was a pretty substantial effect. In fact, here, social media explained about 23% of the variance in the appearance satisfaction that individuals had. So yeah, it's a really interesting study. Of course, very small sample size, only around 50 individual participants. But I don't know, I, I kind of like Nathaniel, how they were able to get real-time feedback with this wearable device, um, you know, to indicate on a scale, on a continuous scale, whether they were satisfied or not. And at the end of the day, it really demonstrated that people felt generally less confident and less satisfied after viewing this body image related content. How do you feel about that? I think that it's very natural, um, like you said, um, because we're making that the focus of the of in, the, in those moments, right? It's, it is the focus, right? So it's actually measuring those relationships. And I think that it's really interesting to see that in this in this example, um, how negative it was, um, and how overwhelmingly negative it was. Um, I think that really does goes to show again, like all those little microtransactions that we have really do add up um, to making these uh, actual tangible points. Um, and right. that really do build realities and really do showcase like, no, um, how we compare ourselves to that one selfie actually does matter. Mm -hmm. How we compare ourselves to our friends in their picture when they go out or whatever, like that actually does matter to our internal mental health. Um, or even if we're just comparing ourselves to that one celebrity or something like that, you know, those internal um, microtransactions that we have with ourselves in these different relationships with media um, do matter um, mm -hmm. and really does matter how you choose to engage with those things and filter those things in your own personal life to actually make sure you are reinforcing those positive yep. relationships internally with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, like, I I think it's very interesting how there is a social dynamic where, yes, there is a degree of comparison with celebrities and famous individuals and people that are everybody knows, quote unquote, but we put the most stake in our networks, like, like the people that we hang out with and the people that we interact with on a daily basis. So it just really proves that we're social creatures. And I know that a lot of these studies tended to focus more on women than men. But I think both groups, to some degree, you know, they have that, you know, thirst for validation within their social networks. And 
I mean, it kind of goes back to like high school and college and how everybody really puts a lot of stake into that. And that, that's why a lot of these studies tend to focus on younger individuals, like, you know, 18 to 29, because those are the like, like that's the age range where we see this effect really perpetuate and propagate through the masses and, and really have the strongest effect. So there's another study called Selfie Harm Effects on Mood and Body Image in Women. This one is very interesting. There was 110 female undergraduate students who were randomly assigned to one of three experimental conditions. Either A, taking and uploading an untouched selfie, B, taking and posting a preferred and retouched selfie to social media, or C, a control group. Basically, they, they didn't have the exercise of taking and posting a selfie. Before and after this exercise, these individuals were asked before and after the experiment to kind of rate their body image and answer some questions. It was done on a visual analog scale where you have different options along like a, a line and you have to pick from one of those options, like completely dissatisfied to completely satisfied. Some of the mood items included were anxiety, depression, and confidence, while some of the body image items included feelings of fatness, physical attractiveness, and body size satisfaction. So what the study showed, which is very interesting and very relevant to our topic and, and kind of really is just another layer on top of what we had talked about with the last article, is that participants in the untouched selfie condition experienced a decrease in confidence and this was significantly greater than the control condition and marginally greater than that experienced in the retouch selfie conditions. So essentially, people who took a selfie, whether they retouched it or not, felt a decrease in their confidence, albeit the individuals who were able to retouch their selfie, they didn't experience as great of a dip with their confidence as those who did not touch up the selfie. Next up, participants experienced decreases in feelings of physical attractiveness that were significantly greater than in the control condition in both untouched and retouched selfies. So very interesting that the confidence of the individual, while posting the selfie regardless caused your confidence to decrease, it was mitigated somewhat when you touched up the selfie. However, the feelings of physical attractiveness it was almost an equal like negative impact. Whether you touched up the selfie or not, you felt a decrease in uh, physical attractiveness compared to the control group. And something that was used to explain this effect was that regardless if you're retouching the selfie or not, people felt more anxiety and less confident and less physically attractive when they're posting these selfies because it's, it's almost like a a psychological phenomena where these individuals feel vulnerable by putting themselves out on social media and it kind of introduces these feelings of self-consciousness, fears of negative evaluation, rejection by society and things like that. You know, obviously people who were able to retouch their selfies didn't feel as much of a dip in confidence. People who didn't touch up their selfies felt the most vulnerable because they didn't have the opportunity to make themselves look like their ideal version of themselves. Like they didn't get the right lighting, the right angle, you know, touch up any blemishes they had. So by feeling more vulnerable, they felt more anxious, less confident and less physically attractive than the control group. But I think one thing that I wanted to say is a limitation from the study is it only focused on the face and kind of like the neck and shoulders up. 
it is important to consider that there also are body image considerations with the rest of your body, right? Like everything from your head to your toes. So I think it's because you're going towards that external source of validation again, right? Because mm -hmm. it's you're looking for um, and unfortunately, those external sources of validation are not healthy in those regards. I think that in, in regards to the study, even though it's such a small size, it really illustrates the point is if we can, you know, touch up those things and edit those things to make it look better, of course, it's going to make our relationship with um, those external validation sorts more more uh satisfying because we're going to get better engagement we're going to look at more idealized version of ourselves. i think that in combination with that more idealized version with ourself it um it really illustrates the point how in doesn't matter whether it's an internal or external source we always want to look better we, we're not satisfied with ourselves right um and that you know there, <laughs> you, there's still uh, still that one little imperfection that we want to do better or we want to make better or we want to make look better and i think that um i think that the this study really feeds into that notion that no of course if we have the opportunity to do something and change these things tip most people are are going to have it and i think that with most people having those external validation sources um being um you know in this um social media construct that we have and these social relationships, whether um, um, that are not in person, it's from just the spaces we've developed online. They're not healthy, and yeah. so when you continuously put this effort and energy into it, it creates this just uh, uh, not good feelings, and it hurts people. It does. But what's interesting is I feel like it's because when people do have the ability to retouch their selfie, they're not as vulnerable. Like they're getting closer to that ideal state for themselves, and I feel like everybody has the feeling that their ideal body image, how they see themselves in this ideal light, this perfectionistic light is closer to the image that they want to be, whether that's from a validation in the media, with TV shows and movies that they see, with celebrities, or whether that's friends that they know, people that they know on social media. I think it's those are all things that have to be considered. One of the things that's important to realize, though, too, is that those posts are still extensions of themselves. Yes. Um, when you're posting these things online, you're still posting yourself. So when when someone's like, oh, that's a hot as fuck photo, that's like, oh, that's me. Or when someone says yeah. a very nasty comment on it, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, so it's like it, those are the external sources that we're coming to in those environments that are, can be either constructive or destructive, right? Um, so it's not just because um, when you have these relationships, when it is a, um, especially imagery, when it's you're the subject of it, you're going to put a personal um, notion on that personal weight to whatever people say about those things. Right. Absolutely. And um, as uh, and unfortunately, we again, like you said, we promote a society that has that disinclusivity where unfortunately, a large power, uh, half the population thinks they have to justify themselves by looking um, attractive online, you know, or uh, have these negative feedback loops associated with it that just uh can hurt like you said ultimately hurt a lot of people um and i think that it's uh one of the things you know working at these things right it's why it's so important to have those in-person relationships be so holistic and making sure we're having those positive reinforcements in those environments and why individual healing journeys are so yes. necessary unfortunately necessary and yes because there is no manual to deal with that <laughs> right absolutely and you know what, Nathaniel, I think that brings us to a good point. As we start to wrap up this episode, I did want to share one more article here, one more study that really dives into the body positivity aspect of it. This is titled a moderated mediation model for body positive online content in body image among adolescents. So this was actually a very comprehensive study. It involved over 1500 Czech adolescents aged 13 to 18. 
and it was really studying the impact of viewing body positive online content and body satisfaction through body appreciation. So body positive online content obviously has become way more pervasive in recent years as social media access has grown. There's been a pushback on these societal norms we've talked about and, and people were just fed up of being told what to look like. Like we want to appreciate and value each other's bodies equal to our own. And I think that there is a desire and an appetite to display imperfect bodies, quote unquote, and challenging these notions that you have to look a certain way. And instead focusing on what matters, like one's own definition of beauty and how how they're doing in their own lives and in just their general well-being, right? So I think honestly, body positive content is beautiful because you are intentionally focusing on these quote unquote imperfections and you're looking at, you know, the rejection of these norms and you're trying to, instead of focusing on the negative and in the gap between you and this ideal image, you're focusing the positives of your body image. You're rejecting those negative notions. It's actually a process called body protective processing. It's something that people who engage with body positive content exclusively, they tend to do, they, they tend to protect themselves and their own body image by just rejecting those negative, hateful thoughts and comments and standards, and instead focusing on what is positive, what really matters, what makes them feel better about themselves, what makes them feel sexy and confident and positive. You know, because body ideal internalization is stated in the study, it's a tendency to cognitively accept media standards for body appearance. That plays a part of self-esteem, which is your feelings about your self-worth and your importance to yourself and to others. So I think that this comprehensive study, you know, like I said, it's really looking at, okay, how does viewing and looking for body positive online content affect your satisfaction, your own body appreciation, how you try to internalize this body ideal and your own self-esteem. And after kind of computing all the numbers and is a lot of data, because I think it is a pretty good sample size, what it really demonstrated was that people who seek out, actively seek out body positive content online tend to have greater self-esteem. They have more confidence. They, they evaluate their own body appearance with greater satisfaction. People that just casually come across body positive content without looking for it it doesn't necessarily improve their status. It doesn't, it doesn't help them feel better about themselves and their own body image. And the reason why is because these individuals are still internalizing the standards, the, the, the body ideal. And as long as you hang on to this body ideal, it doesn't matter if you're looking at thinspiration or fitspiration or body positive content. If you're internalizing the ideal body image, it won't really do anything. It's it's like in Pokemon. It's like it's not very effective, <laughs> right? Nathaniel? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it's it's funny because these studies really demonstrate the point I'm trying to make at its core, which is the fact that body image is a psychological phenomenon. Body positivity is a state of mind. It's it's a consciousness. It's a collective understanding by individuals that we are okay with not looking like these ideal norms that are being pushed on us. But it's up to us, it's up to the individuals to accept body positivity, to accept our flaws, to accept our imperfections. 
And if we don't, we're simply lost because if we don't accept that we are okay without this validation, if we continue to hold on and struggle to hold on to these ideal images, then we're not going to go anywhere. Like, like that body positive content won't have any positive effect, ironically. So what that really tells me is that, Steeps, it is incredibly important if you face any sort of body image doubts or issues and you're trying to reconcile those, the best thing that you can do is actively, instead of running away from your imperfections and your flaws, run towards them, embrace them, understand that you're beautiful on your own and you have your own standard of beauty to live up to. I think when you can reconcile that and you can encourage other people to do the same and surround yourself with people that feel that same way, the weight will be lifted off your shoulders entirely and you'll feel like a brand new person. You'll you'll feel like a brand new individual. And it's just, it's up to us. The burden, Nathaniel, is with us to make sure that mentally we're in that space and open-minded enough to accept those ideals and reject the ones that are being pushed on us. I think that, yeah, that was a beautiful rant first and foremost. Um, I think that the biggest thing that you took, I took away from it is really, you said that it's a relationship. Um, it's a relationship you have to have with yourself. Um, and it's important to make sure that you're putting yourself in an environment that's going to promote that. Um, it's important that you're engaging with the social media in a way that does promote that too. And that you're able to have these things because you, you can, um, affirm your way into oblivion. It doesn't mean anything without action. Um, it's taking the time to figure out how do I actually have these different flaws and how do I actually celebrate them in a, in a meaningful way. And that does take time. I want you to really illustrate the point that mm-hmm. these relationships and these things that build take time. And if you're struggling with of something course. individually, like as I just, you know, as I just uh, w- was talking about the past few weeks, these things take time. You're worth that time. You're worth that healing process. Um, you're worth having, um, uh, f- um, finding a community that you feel like celebrates your body for whatever it looks like. Um, and be able to feel wanted and enough um, either in a sexual or platonic way right and if you're struggling get help first and foremost get the get whatever medical help you need you deserve it i think that um again the biggest thing i take away from that last little article like you said right there it's that relate it's a relationship it's it's very much as like we're talking about it's a spectrum of these different things and you have to figure out what's uh right for you and that is on us right and it's on us to be able to uh as an individual when someone else is struggling to be able to celebrate them and to be able to appreciate them and to not tear them down it's the thing is like i said the biggest thing i come out of this is those microtransactions that we have with ourselves and other people uh making sure we're doing our best to be constructive and not destructive with our language um because even in those microtransactions that's how they matter and that's how we have those relationships with people and how we can be a positive or a negative influence on people's relationships with their bodies yeah um little, little words that we say matter and it's something that i've come to really have to come importance of um, in my dynamics where I have said things maybe just slightly the wrong way or maybe completely the wrong way and right. meant something completely else by it. And it really does. Uh, people do take that to heart and it sucks too when it's like, nope, that's not why I mean. I didn't mean to insinuate anything like that about your body in a negative way. But then you see how much it hurts them. Um, it's why you have to be very mindful and you have to be constructive with your language. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you can't hold yourself hostage and you should always try to find ways to express yourself. But um, um, those microtransactions do matter. Um, and figuring out how to continue to have that ha- holistic relationship with yourself and the environment you um, have around yourself. Um, all I can say is you deserve better if you are struggling and your environment is not fostering that and that uh, you are a beautiful human being regardless of what the world around you says you are. 
I couldn't have said it better myself, Nathaniel. I, I think microtransactions definitely matter and healthy validation matters because I think there is something to be said that we are, of course, not the experts here. We are just simply trying to link the science and the positive perspective to give you insight into the psychological nature of body image, body positivity, and the effect that social media has on us all. And I know all of us to some degree will seek out validation and it's just on us to make sure that that validation is healthy and supporting who we are in our own beauty standards and not someone else's. So that is pretty much a wrap for me today. I know we dove into a lot of content today. Nathaniel, I really appreciate you hanging in with me here and going through this. I think it was a really important topic to share and I hope that the steeps and travelers listening to today's episode really get the most out of it and realize that body positivity matters and that that healthy mindset and everything matters your your social network matters and and how you interact with people matters you you just have to go out there and and surround yourself with positivity simply enough I would also like to say that it is uh, just simply like you said it's more than just a relationship and it's more than just what we've said here it is it is a simple fact that you are enough. You are a beautiful person. You are worthy internally or externally. What other sins you think you have committed, I guarantee you, you are harder on yourself than the world is on you. Um, yes. and, I, and, and if you are in some unhealthy patterns and cycles and repetitions, don't worry. You can't change those things. They take time, they take effort, and they take mindful action. But you are worth whatever that journey looks like for you because... God damn it, someone out there wants to destroy the shit out of your genitals. <laughs> Beautifully put, Nathaniel. Thank you so much. For that. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I've shared my closing remarks, and I think we're pretty much good to wrap up here. So, again, thank you for joining me on this journey, Nathaniel. It's been lovely oh, having you on my podcast. It's been a pleasure to always. be here as well. I'm happy to be here. The uh, steeps, as always, um, you are all beautiful. You are enough. Anyone who, any travelers who came over, thank you for making the journey. Thank you for supporting Jared. As always, um, uh, you are loved, and you are always more than enough. Thanks for listening about social media and body positivity. Check out the description of this episode for the resources we referenced on this topic. If this podcast is your cup of tea then please subscribe for the latest freshly brewed content. As always, let your thirst for curiosity leave you feeling enlightened.